From WERA 96.7 in Arlington, this is Formative Tracks, the show where we sit down with D.C. area musicians to talk about the top five songs that made them who they are. I'm Eliza Burkhan. So today on our show, we have a very special guest. Her name is Christy Dashiel. Welcome, Christy. Hello. Thank you for having me. She is a jazz superstar. Ah. Has performed everywhere. Where I mean, Lincoln Center, several countries. Where Where have you been internationally this year, Christy? Um, this year I have been to most recently Shanghai, China, um, and then before that I was in Germany and Poland and Switzerland and London. Tremendous. A, a, a short tour. World traveler. Um, but she's a tremendous jazz singer. She's also um, a member of a group that we were chatting about whether it still exists. It does. A sort of yeah. traces of blue. Yeah, it does. Uh, vocal jazz, uh, a cappella jazz group. Um, and she's also a great songwriter. And we're really happy to have her on the show. Thank you. Um, so, Christy, tell us a little bit about your formative experience as a musician like when do you first remember performing um you know it's like the age-old story I came out of my mother's womb singing (laughs) you know really that's what my parents tell me yeah apparently the singing was not good though like really I came out singing but pretty bad my my parents thought I was going to be tone deaf um so I think I remember really like feeling like I could sing and like I liked the way I sounded maybe when I was like five or six. Okay, so you'd yeah. worked out the kinks by then. Yeah, I'd gotten, gotten it together. <laughs> got it together. Yeah. And I you could come, at least match pitch. You come pitches. from a very musical family. Yeah, yes. Um, my dad is a bass player, my mom is a singer, and all my siblings are musicians too, so lots of music. Yes, yes. And um, one of your siblings is Carol Von Dashiel Third, known yes. as C.B., He's a a very well-known jazz drummer in the area, and he's also part of your quartet, right? Yep, yep. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Traces of Blue, since that's a common thread for both of us. Yeah. Um, So what was your experience like being on the sing-off? And for listeners who don't know, Traces of Blue is a jazz a cappella group that um, came out of Howard University's Afro Blue, and uh, we appeared on season three of The Sing-Off in 2011. And Christy uh, was often the featured soloist on that show. So um, first of all, one question I have is, do people ever recognize you, like come up to you on the street and say, hey, were you on that acapella show? Yeah, it, it used to happen a lot more than it does now. Um, but people will either stop me and say you look really familiar you know you remind me of this girl that was on a uh, a tv show called the sing-off and i'm like oh that was me <laughs> like that, yeah that it's funny me. that i remind you of her because yeah. that's kind of me yeah um what was your best and worst memory from the experience of being in la for a couple months wow. filming that show okay. back in 2011 i think my best memory or all of my best memories were, I guess, just being around each other. Like, we really became brothers and sisters during that time. And then my worst memories were also being around <laughs> each other. Like, you remember the late night fights, like, that we would get into? It's just like... We're beyond exhausted and you really should just go to bed, but you're still talking about choreography meetings. or court changes or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, yes. Well, let's play a little bit of the music for, of uh, the. I was going to say the late great Tracy Blue. We're kind of, <laughs> no, we're still. We're you know, if, if listeners out there want us to perform, we can. We'll get it together. We but owe people is, an EP. We do. Honestly. Yeah, we're working on it. We yeah. are. Uh, this is "I Feel Good," which Christy wrote and also performs a solo on. So every time. about your solo career a little bit yeah so you released an album uh-huh. in 2016 2016 yeah okay and that was called time all mine which is also the name of a track mm-hmm. so tell us about why you chose that title and what what that concept means time all mine time all mine um I wrote Time All Mine and most of the songs on Time All Mine during my time either at grad school or when I was at Howard. And where'd you go to grad school? Uh, Manhattan School of Music, sorry. Um, So during that time when I was in school, I was always, at the time I did not know what I was dealing with, especially at Howard. I was always like really nervous or really sad, but generally really nervous. Mm -hmm and that's that sounds terrible like just nervous or sad there's nothing nothing it's like nothing in between all negative emotions yeah but like I always had this kind of nervous feeling and I did not realize until probably grad school or even a little later that I was just experiencing anxiety yeah so I think in an effort to um kind of ease my nerves I wrote time all mine as sort of an ode to to presence and like embracing the now instead of always feeling like you're running against the clock or you know being like really overwhelmed by time um so I think the reason I decided to name the album Time All Mine is because all of the songs are kind of centered around time presence or like spirit um and yeah it a lot of the the songs on the album ended up being therapy for me because I was just like coming to the to the awareness that I just like have a little bit of anxiety every now and then. Uh, I mean, who doesn't? Right. 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 Um, and did you enjoy the experience of making your own solo work? I so did. not just like appearing on somebody else's record, being part of a group, but like here's here's me. Yeah, I did. It was probably one of the most challenging things I've had to do. Um I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my work ethic and I learned that I like have some control issues. So it, the experience taught me a lot, taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sing in a lot of different genres. I mean, you can kind of sing anything. So where do you feel most at home? Um, I feel most at home singing any sort of contemporary style of music that's sort of jazz centric um I always feel like my first love is jazz but to me jazz is so connected to soul and gospel and R&B that 
I, I really love singing those styles too. Mm-hmm. When you say jazz centric, are you referring to like the chord structure or being syncopated or like what, what exactly do you mean? Yeah, probably. I would say more than anything, like the denser harmony that mm-hmm. I think is typical of more of a jazz sound. Um, I really love really dense harmony. I think a lot of that has to do with singing in traces of blue for so long, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the songs on your album is sort of a jazzified Stevie Wonder song. Oh, I'm going to yes. play now. I just called to say. No New Year's Day to celebrate No chocolate with saxophonist Marcus Strickland. Marcus Strickland is like one of my favorite people to perform with. We were actually actually just performing together at the Atlanta Jazz Festival a couple weeks ago. Oh. Yeah, it was great. Um, he's a really great composer and saxophonist. Well, he plays all reeds, like bass clarinet, mm-hmm. um, flute. I think he plays flute, actually. Um, but he's, he's just a dope musician and a great person. Um, I started working with him... I think it was like 2015 Blue Note released um, a a compilation album. And uh, Marcus asked me to join him for his arrangement of Janet Jackson. Let's let's wait a while. Yes. I was going to ask you about that. Like what? what, Why that song? Because I mean, I wouldn't call it obscure, but it's not like top 10 Janet hits. Yeah. Janet has hits, too. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of a youthful song. Right. Like, yeah, you're in a relationship and you're saying well, let's, let's pace ourselves let's slow things down yeah I actually really read like that song really resonates with me mm-hmm. um but it was Marcus's idea I think he always loved Janet Jackson and sort of wanted to do a more obscure Janet hit mm-hmm. and it, I mean it, it just felt perfect so that kind of started our working relationship and like our relationship as friends too okay let's hear a little bit of let's wait a while There's something I want to tell you There's something I think that you should know It's not that I shouldn't really love you Let's take it slow When we get to know each other And we're both So let's move to your top five. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know it's a challenge to pick five songs that influenced you, but you did a good job. I you did so. make an error, though. Oh. As I sort of intimated when we were chatting earlier, that there's no sync on here. Ah. Uh, I don't even think there should any be. 90s <laughs> anything. There should be. 
of any genre. So there yeah, should be. You might. Do you want to go home and do it again, and then we can? Come yeah, back? we'll come back. We'll come back. Okay. Or okay, maybe I can switch out one. I do think I can. Sw- <laughs> no, no, we gotta. We have to go. With we this have list. to go with the. Okay. We have to go with this list. Okay. Okay. So your first song is by an artist that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, he's goes kind by of name obscure. Of, of Prince. Prince. Yeah. Prince. This is a real deep cut, too. This is a deep cut. (laughs) No one knows this one at all. (laughs) Um, Okay, so why this song over countless Prince options? This song, okay, this is in no particular order, right? It's just kind of random? Yes. Okay. So this song, I remember when I found out Prince died, Mm -hmm. and I was in Doha doing Jazz at Lincoln Center's now. No longer exists, but Jazz at Lincoln Center had a club out there. So I was doing a residency out there and like we all found out right before we went on stage. And I was like, what? Prince? So I went back to my room and like stayed up all night listening to Prince. And like I kept playing I Would Die For You on repeat. And not that I didn't know this, but like to me, this speaks so much to like the spirit of God. Like he talks about not being human, not being a woman, not being a man, but being a spirit, being Mm -hmm. love. Um, and the fact that he would die for you. So I, I, I really enjoyed at the time learning that such a great, uh, pop artist that had this amazing career would be so unapologetic about his, um, spiritual beliefs within, you know, his mainstream music. And that was something intentional versus something that you interpreted? I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, you know, this song is full of like religious overtones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear I Would Die For You. Thanks so much for listening. To hear the complete version of this episode, go to Mixcloud.com slash Formative Tracks or click the website in the show notes.